After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program.
Thank <laughs> you. 
J.M. and the A.M. Yoni Z with Bowie Vishalom. You'll find that on this brand new album entitled Ahava. Before that, the Solomon Brothers with that brand new Nigun. Amarabi Shimon done by uh, Strulik Rosenthal, Barak Grossberg and company with Honey Starot. That's also brand new. The dance medley, or I should say the dinner medley, brand new from Yaakov Shweki. Aaron Razel, Kilo Tishakach, also brand new. Mordechai Shapiro, brand new with Zetov. Yama, brand new from Benny Friedman. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday on this May 20th, day 19 in the month of ER, the year 5782, Tufshin Pei Bays. Today is day number 34 in the counting of the Omer, day number 34. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. The, uh, uh, the breakdown is four weeks and six days. Four weeks... And six days, day number 34 in the counting of the Omer. A couple of weeks till Shavuos. Wow, hard to believe. It's Arab Shabbos Parsha's Bahar. I know it is uh, a different Parsha in Israel, but here in the diaspora, it's Arab Shabbos Parsha's Bahar with candle lighting in New York, 751. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Uh, big parade Sunday. It's up Fifth Avenue. Those of you out there who are... Um, going to be in the city or are planning on being at the parade, and I hope you are, uh, make sure to be there for the uh, festivities. Those of you who are not going to be there, make sure to tune in to us at NahumSiegel.com. Live stream will be on our homepage, and that's brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com, and we thank them. Parade up Fifth Avenue this coming Sunday. I don't know if you want to know what the temperature is supposed to be this Sunday in New York. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> It's late in the year, everything this year, not the parade, meaning Yuntif and stuff is late in the year this year. So we, we assumed we'd have incredible weather, Cholomoid Pesach, right? That's what we assumed. It would be amazing weather, Cholomoid Pesach. And what happens was not amazing weather, Cholomoid Pesach. It was chilly, rainy, etc. Um, then you get to the parade and you say, okay, May 22nd, perfect, you know, 75, 80 degrees. This will be amazing. Well, uh, we are expecting a uh, high in the low 90s. That's what we're expecting for Sunday. Right now, 56 degrees, 91% humidity. Winds are east at 3 miles per hour. Cloudy rain and a high today of 75. And tonight, thunderstorms, maybe some clouds. Uh, low temperature of 63. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high 91. Sunday, isolated thunderstorms and a high of 90. Wow. Yerushalayim right now at 82. We're at 56 here in New York as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Malcolm Holdline an hour from now with the weekly update. That'll be happening at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. Weekly update. We'll go through some of the news items from this week. Um, Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin, both on Parsha's Bahar. We read Bahar outside of Israel this week. Last week we were at the uh, NCSY staff Shabbaton, the NCSY summer staff Shabbaton. And some of the people from Israel, but one, one of the people from Israel said to me, I don't mind being here. Like, you know, I'm not one of those people that, you know, resents when I have to come to the diaspora. But uh, on Thursday morning, when they were reading the wrong Parsha, that bothered me, <laughs> which I get. Oh, I totally get it. I have a whole I have a whole philosophy about this, but I guess it's not for now. Uh, anyway, so we'll talk about Parsha's Bahar uh, on this show today. I would assume in Israel they're talking about uh, the next Parsha. And um, uh, we're here until 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock, of course. Our network schedule continues, 
And uh, don't forget, you can catch an encore presentation of uh, Mark Zomik and the Arab Shabbos show. That'll be coming up at 10 a.m. Eastern time, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, Naomi Nachman today at 9 o'clock is joined by Innis Chattis, Culinary Director for UN Plaza Grill. Uh, Jeremy Goldfeder from JM Food Event Design. And Gabe Geller from Kedem and Royal Wine. It's all with uh, Naomi Nachman on table for two starting at 9 o'clock. The Encore of the Arab Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's happening at 10 a.m. Arab Shabbos Music Mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's happening... Um, all through the afternoon, all the way until candlelighting time, which is 7.51 in New York. Yeah, Saturday Night Seagull, it's uh, Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler tomorrow night. Um, and then uh, Matis on Sunday morning is going to be speaking with Ambassador Danny Danone at 8.15. Matis on Sunday morning will be speaking with Ambassador Danny Danone at 8.15 on uh, Sunday morning. So you have an opportunity to hear Matis on the subject of uh, Danny Danone's brand new book. Uh, and that's coming up um, uh, this coming Sunday morning right here at JM Sunday, right? JM Sunday here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Um, brand new one from Uri Altbaum at JM in the AM. Oh, oh, oh. 
a.m. in the a.m. Friday morning broadcast with Gavriel Polkovitz in Chazak. That's brand new. Ellie Begun brand new with Lamay Lamina Uri Altbaum with Bishat Hadchak. Uh, Bowie was done by Oni Z here at JM and the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos on day 34 in the counting of the Omer. Dedicating this morning's show, of course, to uh, L.E.Y. Katz. Um, he is the person responsible for uh, us being able to broadcast from our quaint studio here in Teaneck, New Jersey, where we've been uh, 95% of the time since the uh, the fire that took our studio in Manhattan. So a big thank you to Ellie and uh, wishing him a good Shabbos and everybody a wonderful Shabbos. Hope to see everybody at the Celebrate Israel Parade this coming Sunday. We'll be at 64th and 5th. Our broadcast, of course, our live stream will be on NahumSiegel.com. Make sure to be tuned in if you're not uh, at the parade itself. Even at the parade itself, you could tune in. <laughs> Why not? These days, you could do anything. Um, so that's going to be happening Sunday. A big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. As we get set for the Celebrate Israel Parade this coming Sunday in New York City. Sarah of Shabbos Parshas Bahar, again, day 34 in the counting of the Omer, four weeks and six days. We'll call candlelighting in New York for 751. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people begin Shabbos earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are and certainly know when things start, uh, where you are, uh, anywhere on this globe. Uh, by the way, speaking of Sunday and the parade, expecting 90 degree weather on Sunday in this area, which as I said earlier is a, uh, a real rarity. Uh, we've been pretty. Uh, we've been subject to chilly conditions and rougher weather over the last couple of months. It's hard to believe that it's going to be ninety on Sunday. But that's what they're saying. So we'll go with that. What can I tell you? Yoni Z is going to join us next week here at JMA. We're trying to fit him into Monday's schedule with his brand new album. Uh, as soon as we're able to do that, we will uh, finalize with him and make sure to bring that to you here at JM in the AM. He's actually traveling next week um, for some shows. We're trying to sneak him in before he leaves. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSigl.com on the NachumSigl Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galei Tzal, the background. There are news from Israel coming up. Malcolm Honline weekly update at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin will speak about Parsha's Bahar. I know if you're in Israel, we're not reading Parsha's Bahar in Israel, but we are reading Parsha's Bahar in the diaspora during this 14-week 14-week uh, um, stretch where we're one Parsha off from uh, our brothers and sisters in Israel. A concept that I have my uh, own personal feelings about and philosophy about, but I won't go into it right now. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have a chance to address it at some point. I would certainly hope so. Matis on JM Sunday, this coming Sunday, beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, live. At 8.15, he'll speak with Ambassador Danny Danone about his brand new book. Join Matis this coming Sunday from JM Sunday between 7 and 9 a.m. pre-parade. Here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JMN. גליצאל השעה שתיים באולפן ערן קורצי מה שקורה עכשיו. בנו של בכיר בחיזבאללה מעביר אמצעי לחימה מתקדמים לארגון הלבנוני בטיסות נושאים אזרחיות. כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש מוסר שבצה"ל חושפים כי סייד ראדה בנו של ראש המועצה המבצעת של חיזבאללה 
טס מספר פעמים בחודש לאיראן ומנהל רשת העברות של אמצעי לחימה מדויקים ומתקדמים בטיסות נוסעים לשדה התעופה הבינלאומי בדמשק. רעדה נשוי לביתו של קאסם סולימני שהיה מפקד כוח קוץ במשמרות המהפכה וחוסל. על פי פרסומים זרים את המשלוחים האלה תוקף את ישראל בדמשק כדי לשבש ולמנוע את העברות האמל"ח. האלימות כלפי הצוותים בבתי החולים, תושב מזרח ירושלים בשנות ה-40 לחייו, נעצר בחשד שהיה מעורב בתקיפת הצוות הרפואי בבית החולים הדסה הר הצופים בירושלים. החשוד יובא בהמשך היום לבית המשפט השלום, שם תבקש המשטרה להאריך את מעצרו. כתבתנו בבירה יערה אברהם מזכירה כי מוקדם יותר השבוע, בני משפחה של תושב מזרח העיר שנפטר בבית החולים, הגיעו למקום ותקפו את אנשי הצוות הרפואי. בתקרית אלימה נוספת הלילה בבית החולים וולפסון מטופל היכה רופא בפניו ושבר את משקפיו. בנוסף, הלילה נעצרו שני בני משפחה של רוכב אופנוע שנהרג בתאונה בחשד שתקפו לפני יומיים מאבטחים במרכז הרפואי לגליל בנהריה. ידיעה שריכזו כתבינו טל אור מאירסון וקובי מנדל. סערה במערכת הפוליטית. בעקבות הפרסומים על עסקה בין הרשימה המשותפת לקואליציה על העברת תקציבים בתמורה לרשת ביטחון לממשלה, בין האומרים, הפרסום אינו אמת. הממשלה לא תישען על הרשימה המשותפת בשום מצב ואין מולם הסכמים כלשהם. יש כאן ספין סחריר של פוליטיקאים להלביש על פעולות ממשלה שגרתיות תחפושת כאילו הן נובעות מהסכם פוליטי, לשון הודעת ימינה שהביאה כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג. באלרום שברמת הגולן הותר גבר בשנות ה-20 ללא רוח חיים בתוך טרקטור. נבדקת האפשרות כי מדובר בתאונה חקלאית. כתבנו בצפון הדר גיציס מוסר שהמנוח עבד עם מרסקת גזם בשטח ומממצאים ראשונים עולה כי מדובר בתאונה חריגה. רוסיה תפסיק את אספקת הגז הטבעי לפינלנד ממחר, כך הודיעה חברת הגז הממשלתית של פינלנד קסום. לפי הודעת החברה, חברת גזפרום הרוסית הודיעה כי תפסיק את העברת הגז לפינלנד, ובעונת הקיץ הקרובה, קסום תספק ללקוחותיה גז מהמדינות הבלטיות. כתב חדשות החוץ יונתן גריל מזכיר כי בשבוע שעבר רוסיה הפסיקה גם את אספקת החשמל לפינלנד, שהגישה שלשום בקשה רשמית להצטרפות לברית נאטו. מזג האוויר מעוניין חלקית עם עלייה נוספת בטמפרטורות בערים ובפנים הארץ חם מהרגיל לעונה, מהצהריים לאורך מישור החוף נושבות רוחות צפוניות ערות ומאיגוד ערים כנרת נמסר כי עקב התראה למזג אוויר קיצוני הכולל רוחות עזות בחופי הכנרת הוחלט שכל חופי האיגוד ייסגרו מהשעה שבע הערב הציבור מתבקש לא להגיע לחופים עד לבחינת המצב מחר. אלה החדשות Aging more 
בואי לי עם השם, בואי לי עם השם, מיכה בואי לי עם השם, בואי לי עם השם, בואי לי עם השם, מיכה בואי לי עם השם, בואי לי עם השם, בואי לי עם השם, מיכה בואי לי עם השם, בואי לי עם השם, בואי לי עם השם. Shabbos Hey, Ligetai Yereshah 
Tavoid for six days every week. We work hard and struggle just to make ends meet. But once out of seven, we all become kings who greet our boss Amalco by rising up to sing. As we learn and pray, tension melts away. When I hear the boss, I jump To shop or go to school I'm always parking by a pump But all of the worry Goes down the drain When my wife and children join me In singing the Shabbos. Journeys from volume number five, brand new here at JM in the AM. Uh, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abels and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website, kosherdogs.net, and try A&H today. I remind you that on June the 1st, we get to celebrate Jerusalem outside of Jerusalem. How? By being at the Atarit Gonim Jerusalem High Dinner, happening on Wednesday, June 1st, at Terrace on the Park, with the guest speaker, the Honorable Mike Pompeo, one-time Secretary of State of the United States. 
Uh, honorees include Dr. Jean and Paulina Berkovich, Josh Nass, Michal Harris, and Ms. Emily Heshing. It's, uh, also, they'll honor the contribution of Mel and Mid- Mildred Wadler of Blessed Memory among the beloved founders of the American Friends of Atarit Kohanim. It's happening June 1st, Terrace in the Park, Queens, New York. Atarit slash dinner. Get your reservations in now. Atarit slash dinner. Always an amazing dinner and always an amazing way to celebrate Jerusalem if you can't be in Jerusalem. Big hello to listener Tikva, who's got a comment about Jewish leadership, or I should say leadership in the Israeli government. We'll talk more about that with Malcolm, I'm sure. Listener Morris says, good morning, Malcolm, less than 14 hours. So looking forward, Shabbat Shalom to all. That's right, the great Morris is out there. Always tuned in, and I thank him so much. Always supporting us, and I thank him so much. And always counting down to Shabbos which is such an amazing trait. So thank you, Morris, for that. Um, a, lot, a lot of great comments last night during the era of Shabbos show with Mark Zamek. You'll hear that show again at 10 a.m. Eastern time this morning, right after Table for Two, brand new with Naomi Nachman. So that's really nice. Um, a lot of great reaction to the era of Shabbos show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Before the journey selection, you heard Nachas with Be'ilim Hashem. You heard My Land done by Yisrael Portnoy. Here at JM and the AM, Harry Rothenberg is going to be speaking about Parsha's Bahar. That's right. It's a different Parsha in Israel, but in the diaspora, we read Parsha's Bahar this Shabbos. Harry Rothenberg, Parsha's Bahar at JM in the AM. Last week, I got a call from an old friend. We used to be real close. Sad news. His father, whom I remembered very well, though I hadn't seen him in decades, had passed away. He was living in Baltimore at the end of his life. My friend was living in Israel. He had flown in to see his father before the end. But the burial plot was in New Jersey. So the burial was going to be there. My friend was worried he wasn't going to have a minion. He asked me if I could attend the burial and maybe find some other people to bring along. So I reached out to a couple other old mutual acquaintances who said they could also make it. The next morning I was still looking for people to hopefully complete the minion. My friend called me. He said, don't worry. We found the minion. I arrive at the cemetery. There are a few other people there, maybe five or six other guys wearing yarmulkes, and one of them comes over and he says, which chat are you on? I said, what are you talking about? He said, which WhatsApp chat are you on? I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, oh, I'm so sorry. You know the family that's making the funeral? I said, yeah, you don't? He said, no, I'm, I'm on a WhatsApp chat. There are a couple of them in the town where we live or work that's nearby. And so when someone needs a minion, they reach out to us and we show up. So apparently another old friend of the son had reached out to our chat and said that they needed a minion, so we showed up. I said, how often do you do this? He said, all the time. You know, we don't work too far away. It's a, it's a big mitzvah. I said, it's really amazing. Now, 45 minutes later, I'm standing next to the same guy. Now we're holding shovels. We're burying the body. It's a pretty hot day. We're sweating. It's not easy work. I'm there because this is one of my closest friends when I was a child. He's there because he's on a WhatsApp chat. So I turn to him and I say, again, you do this all the time? And he said, yes. I said, I have to tell you, I am jealous of your share in heaven. It's amazing. As we say, me ka'amcha Yisrael. What nation is like the Jewish people? It's unbelievable. Guys on a WhatsApp chat and shows up because some stranger needs a minion and goes in, in the heat or in the cold or the rain or in snow to bury a body in a cemetery? It's unbelievable. It's a particularly appropriate story to tell over this week because at the end of the Parsha, God says that the Jewish people are slaves to me. That doesn't sound great, slave master, bragging about his slaves. But then we remind ourselves, he's not like any other slave master. It's the same God who tells us elsewhere, commands us elsewhere to love him. 
what slave master commands his slaves to love him? It would be ridiculous. And he commands us to love each other, and he means it. And so we do things like that. We set up WhatsApp chats in case somebody needs help, a stranger needs help for a minion or to bury a body. And it's a particularly important lesson now. This Lag Baomer. Jewish people are celebrating the holiday. It's a very festive day. But we're also remembering the open wounds of last year, the tragedy that claimed 45 lives. And we're telling the families and extended families who suffered those losses that we're thinking of you. We're praying for you. We're inspired by your extraordinary displays of resilience and faith. We love you and we're here for you. נחושת בין כלי מלחמה ותחמושת הואיל ותהי לנברשת לגרש בך את החושך מלאך מתכת מלהיות לחוצה ונדרכת צום תשימי עלייך איזה שלט בו את דורשת מעט שקט ולא נפסיק בין ארזים רמת צמרת, הניחי לעצמך, היא יושבת בקנים, על פעמותי זהב החסר, שבתות וחגים, ולא נפסיק Oh, my God. 
רוצה להאמין לחוש אותך בפנים להיות איתך תמים כמו ילד למחוק את הפחדים לשבור את הכללים מתי תפתח לי כבר את הדלת מעבר לחומות רוצה עוד לקוות יבוא היום יתגלה אור פניך מתוך המצולות תקשיב אל הקולות אתה אבינו כולנו בניך אלוקים זועקים רק אליך בסוף נראה רק טוב הלב ירגיש קרוב בכנו בכנו לבטח פתאום הוא יתגלה הכל פה ישתנה חזקנו חזקנו
It's Eitan Katz with Me'en Olam Haba. Rake Lecha done by Itzik Eshel. Yishai Rebo opened up the hour. Lonav Siklach Lom. Friday morning era of Shabbos on day 34 in the counting of the Omer. Four weeks and six days. We forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. It's era of Shabbos Parshas Bahar. Candle lighting in New York, 751. Sunday is parade day. We'll be on 5th Avenue and 64th Street. 
Live stream at alchemistical.com, brought to you by Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. Make sure to be tuned in Sunday if you're at the parade, or if you're not at the parade, either way you can tune in these days. Pretty pretty amazing, huh? Either way you can tune in, no matter where you are. The other night I was at a simcha, and uh, people are tuned in to, <laughs> to different things that are happening live. Really amazing. Third annual New York Gala for the um, United Hatzalah of Israel is happening on Pier 60 at Chelsea Piers on Tuesday. This coming Tuesday, May the 24th. Uh, Kathy and Alan Weiss, Chantal and Al Gindi. They'll be recognized as honorees that night. And Ellie Beer and the entire uh, United Hatzalah team invites you to be part of this really cool gala. It happens every Every time it happens on Pier 60 and Chelsea Piers in New York, it's a really interesting, nice evening. Uh, information, it's uh, you know, it's israelrescue.org, israelrescue.org, israelrescue.org. Again, the event is coming Tuesday night, 5.30 p.m., Chelsea Piers, Pier 60 in New York City. Our friends at Arts Grawl have uh, arranged for us to spend some time next week with Rory. Rory is the author of the brand-new book, Food You Love. That loves you back. Eating healthy doesn't mean compromising on delicious. It is brand new. It is uh, available now at artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio when you order it. Again, it's available right now at artscroll.com. As there are a whole bunch of brand new selections, plus the set sale is going on at artscroll.com, which means if you're looking for a set of chumashim or nach or halacha, major discount between now and May the 30th. And remember, when you use promo code radio, you get your major discount and free shipping. Always use promo code radio when you're on artscroll.com. Also, I call your attention to the uh, d- to the book about the devastating tragedy in Klai Yisrael that inspired a global initiative of faith. It's called Animam in a Mission for Life. Next week, we'll have an opportunity to speak more about this. Uh, it is uh, an outgrowth of the Mayron tragedy. And it is um, a very, very inspiring work. And we'll explain what we mean and discuss more about it when we have our special guests um, with us via telephone uh, to discuss the brand new book here at JMNAM. So again, you go to artsworld.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Malcolm Homeline is going to join us. Weekly update is coming up here at JM in the AM. Or by you, of course, on Parshish Bahar in the 8 o'clock hour and plenty more. Don't forget Naomi Nachman has got a brand new show today. Table for two with Naomi Nachman is uh, going to air on um, uh, is going to air at nine o'clock this morning uh, Ennis Chattis, culinary director for UN Plaza Grill Jeremy Goldfeder from JM food event design and Gabe Geller from Kedem Royal wine will join Naomi at nine o'clock Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos show at 10 a.m Eastern time brought to you by our wonderful friends at Kedem Arab Shabbos music mix all day long brought to you by our wonderful friends at Kedem tomorrow night it's have Rummy with Saturday night Siegel and Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler of course will join him for the Torah portion of the week on um, Sunday morning, it's Matis with JM Sunday, beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Matis, JM Sunday, 7 a.m. Eastern Time at 8.15. He'll speak with Ambassador Danny Dione. Excuse me, Danny Danone. <laughs> Danny Danone will be his guest at 8.15 Sunday morning about the brand new book. And, of course, uh, that, that show, JM Sunday, will serve as a preview to our um, a parade broadcast, which starts at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Maybe a drop earlier. We'll see. Uh, and you can catch all the action, of course, at AlchemSiegel.com, the audio on the NSN app. And uh, we're looking forward to a great parade broadcast. With a big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. Big thank you to the Rothenbergs from all of us here at JM in the AM. 
Um, more coming up. You're listening to Eighth Day at JM in the AM. On a Shabbos enters every Jewish town Full of love for 
Hashem, our hearts filled with joy, bursting forth with the Zmirai sound. In the candle's light Entranced by the brilliant glare A young boy pondered and stared He dreamed of a world of Kiddusha Where Shabbos is kept J.M. in the A.M., Baruch Levine, with that the Shabbos medley here at J.M. in the A.M. Eighth day before that with Una Messer on a Friday morning era of Shabbos. Don't forget, Sunday is parade day. Our coverage will begin at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. You can catch the audio at Nachum Siegel at the, and the NSN app. You can catch our video, of course, our live stream on the website at NachumSiegel.com. Big thank you to our friends at the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com for sponsoring our parade broadcast this coming Sunday. I hope you'll be there on Fifth Avenue. If not, then certainly tune in and enjoy our coverage. Erev Shabbos Parsha's Bahar, at least outside of Israel, it's Bahar, with candle lighting at 751 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Day 34 in the counting of the Omer, four weeks and six days. A reminder that uh, our friends at Jewish World Review have thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world that you could print out before Shabbos. And study intensely and intently um, and uh, get an interesting perspective, no doubt, about what's happening in this amazing world of ours. Go to jewishworldreview.com and enjoy. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good to be with you. Uh, parade Day Sunday, it's been three years. I know, I assume that you, as you do every single year when there is a parade, will encourage this audience and everybody that you come in contact with to try to be there Sunday. Uh, I, we always say this, <laughs> that there's no more important year than now, but it does feel that way. That there's no more important time than now uh, to be vocal about support for Israel and the Jewish people. Very important. I think people who need need the parade just as the parade needs the people. Uh, I think we need to come together and show our support for one another and certainly for Israel at a time when we see the barrage 
of unfair criticism, the events on campuses where they're voting BDS, um, pro-BDS measures like at Harvard, Louisiana State, uh, other places, that it's a time to come out, to be proud, to show your support for Israel, and to show the world where we stand. No question about it. It happens on Fifth Avenue this coming Sunday. And one of the people at the JCRC told me that, that – that we would be surprised at at the at the um, uh, at some how do I put this uh, that that uh, they've reached out to many many groups uh, along the political spectrum and it seems there's a greater enthusiasm amongst everybody to be there. I hope that's true. Not everybody agrees on everything, obviously, but if we can agree on Israel at least and come together for a day, that's a really important step. So hopefully, what that person told me is in fact accurate, and we'll see a big crowd and a diverse crowd in terms of diverse opinions uh, this coming Sunday on Fifth Avenue. And I hope everybody uh, will join us. Make sure to wave when you uh, when you walk by at 64th Street and Fifth Avenue. Lots going on in this world, including what it looks uh, somewhat. One of the Israeli correspondents, one of the Israeli journalists yesterday, actually went out on a limb and and published on Twitter uh, the what will, will, what will be, in his opinion, the next election day in Israel. Uh, he actually wrote September the 20th, the Tuesday uh, before Rosh Hashanah, will be the next election day in Israel because of the way things are going. Now, Malcolm, we've always been trained to um, to think and, uh, and believe that if someone can't hold a coalition of 61 seats, it's automatically going to be new elections. It looks like those 61 seats of this coalition no longer exists and therefore the coalition no longer exists, but yet no one's ready to say that we're definitely going to new elections. That's correct, and the uh, defection this week by the Merits uh, member Knesset, a Merits member Knesset, um, gives the opposition in total a two-vote majority, but they are not able to move, and, and you know, if you move a no-confidence vote, which is necessary to bring the government down, uh, unless they themselves reorganize within the Knesset without having an election, that is a possibility, but not a probability right at this point, it seems, because they, they don't seem to be able to unite behind one person, although I think there are a lot of discussions going on behind the scenes. The um, if you If you introduce a resolution of no confidence, you can't, and it fails, you cannot introduce another one for six months. So everybody's going to wait to make sure that they have the best opportunity, best chance uh, with a no-confidence uh, measure. And you have the, the Arab list and other parties. You don't know where they're going to uh, actually come down in, uh, in that kind of a, a vote. So I think everybody is hesitant. You're right. And I think everybody wants to make sure that they're going to be in a good position because many of the current parties are showing very poor results in a hypothetical poll uh, of an election, and the the major parties, even Bennett's party, would not make the threshold, according to most. Of course, that changes when people get to the polls, and it's no certainties, but uh, I think people are reluctant to rush to an election, knowing that there could be a heavy poll, uh, price, because people are going to hold to account those who bring the government down. Because if you look at the studies, the Israeli people are not anxious to have an election. They would like to see a functioning government. They would like to see more coherence. But 
not necessarily an election, which would be what the, the, the fifth in a couple of years. Yeah, it would be the fifth election in three years. I, I'm, I'm just when I think I know everything about how it works in Israel. So now, I, now I discover I don't. So even Neither do they? Even if you're, even if you're under sixty seats in your official coalition, right? Well, we forget about sixty for a second. But even if you're under sixty seats, which is which is where it's going now, right? It's basically right. sixty-one fifty-nine. It, with, without, why wouldn't the vote of no confidence work? In other words, why is, why is it dependent that the only way you could form a new government or call for new elections is if the no confidence vote goes through? Even without a no confidence vote, you, you don't have any evidence that you have a real government, that you have a, a, a real coalition that's, that can rule. Israel's had minority governments before, and they are able to rule. It's very hard to legislate because, you know, to put together a majority for, for, different pieces of legislation, so you may end up in, uh, in stalemates uh, consistently. But everybody has to evaluate it that it's in their interest to have it, and, and what would happen. It may be that the Arab list, for instance, would not want to see a Netanyahu government emerge or a more right-wing government, which is most likely because they would have a, a bigger block, a much bigger block in the, uh, in, in the Knesset uh, than the left, uh, a left-oriented one would would have so everybody they have to evaluate it and see what is in their interest their party's interest in in if they force an election it's funny because the attitude which basically formed this government which was make sure to keep bb out right that's how this government was formed it, that's right. that same attitude that same mantra is 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 what's keeping this whole thing alive is, is what if there is going to be a minority government ruling then it's going to be because of that reason that is a major motivating factor. It was the glue that, as you said, brought diverse elements together. Uh, and it's still a factor. And, and, but the, the um, possibility of having some sort of a, a different coalition uh, looms and as a possibility. But right now, Netanyahu, if you look at any of the polls, is still way ahead as, uh, as an individual in terms of being leader or prime minister than uh, I think almost anybody it would be, uh, you know, he he's still has a certain popularity that um, would be a, a significant factor if they go to an election and then see him emerge again as the prime minister is not something a lot of these parties want. 24 hours ago, were you more confident that there would be new elections than you are now? When you first heard the news? No. Really? No, because it's, it's, first of all, nobody can figure out the system. I mean, it's just, it's meant not to be figured out, I think. And this is, um, you know, we've gone through this so many times in these five elections or four elections in the three years. And each time you ask the same questions because we don't know the answers. And it's each time there's a new configuration or a new manipulation. Uh, and the, um, and I think that that's where we're at now. And you have the added questions about Netanyahu's legal status, other things that, um, you know, add to the complexity. Yeah, I get that. Uh, all right, so September 20th. I mean, again, I know you don't predict, and there's nothing you can predict here, but don't don't jump to conclusions that September 20th is going to be election don't day. Don't book a vacation that day, you're saying, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds like a, it sounds like a 50-50 now. That you know, 
I mean, I don't think he chose that uh, date randomly, the 20th of September. It probably makes sense calendarically. By the way, is Well, it, you need three months. You right. need three months from the time you announce it. And I guess it's an election. issue of doing it before Yontif or after Yontif. Is, is it true that it, that if, in fact, this government uh, is victim of a no-confidence vote, in other words, if the no-confidence vote goes through, is it true that uh, Lapid becomes prime minister until that election takes place? It, nobody's clear about that either. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't show, it doesn't, it... There's somebody else out there anxious to ask you a question, I see. <laughs> it's an interview. Um, uh, so it's not it definitely. What, what were you asking me? Well, th- there, there's a rumor flying that in part of the agreement is that, that the government dissolves Lapid as prime minister until the next government takes over. Right. Is that true or false? That is true. But there were people, you remember, that if Gantz... Uh, well, the deal was that if the government fell or something, Gantz would have been the, the interim prime minister because that was the original agreement. So right. some people held that if this falls apart, the old agreement comes into effect. But according to this agreement, I think it is correct that, that uh, at least that's what I was told yesterday, that he would have a shot. And is that going to have a role? Is that going to have any influence about whether that, that vote goes through or not? Like, Is anyone thinking, like, uh-oh, if I vote this way, Lapid could be prime minister? Or, or it's probably irrelevant? Well, it would only be prime minister for the interim period. Right, and a couple of months. While, while that government is generally considered the most powerful government Israel can have, because when the Knesset dissolves, it, the prime minister and the government really have free reign to do as they wish. So... It is, it is a different uh, circumstance. Um, again, it, I know it's very foreign to most yeah. people, and certainly to most of us, and, and most Israelis don't understand it either. All right, finally on this, I know we spent a lot of time on, the, on this, but yes, no, I, I know, I get it. <laughs> but when Zoabi says that she's leaving the coalition but not joining the opposition, does that also play a role in the... Yeah, ev- because that's that vote that that's the opposition the would need. Right. right. So okay, so it looks like if there is a vote of no confidence at the at the moment, it looks like it's it likely would not go through. That's what, and again, unless you want to call it fifty fifty, but whatever it is. Uh, now there was a rumor that the president of the United States wanted to visit Israel, and that this whole you know everything happening regarding this possible new election may postpone that or move the trip. What what do you know about Biden's plans to go to Israel? I think it's still scheduled for the third week in June. I think. It, it will be contingent on the fact that they have a government. <laughs> right. if, the, if, if the government falls, he won't go. But right now, uh, as far as I know, the trip is still on, and um, he will go there. He may visit Saudi Arabia, he may visit some other countries uh, in the region and beyond. There are reports about what his itinerary is, but I don't think it is set. What can you tell us about what happened Wednesday night and Thursday in Mayrone? Were, were the Israeli security forces again ill-prepared for, for the massive crowds that were coming on Lagbomer? No, they were very well prepared, whether prepared properly, um, and whether the behavior of the people attending it uh, was certainly, by in a lot of instances, appears improper. But remember, it's a small minority. When you look at the number of people who are there, the vast majority were orderly and, and peaceful, but I just don't understand why people would put themselves, their children, at risk by by some of the behavior that we witnessed. And the police, in instances, look like they were overreacting. But if you're not on the scene and don't know exactly the full context of what what you're witnessing by somebody's uh, from somebody's cell phone, um, 
I think there will be a lot of assessments, but thank God there were, you know, people were safe. Nobody got hurt. Uh, there were some clashes, but they were very apparently minor uh, exchanges with people, you know, trying to break through the barriers, which eventually they did. So the question is, is there anything that they can do when you have such a massive crowd to um, to really prevent it? Or you just close it and not let the, the, the commemorations go on or find out ways. I mean, they were stopping cars far away and people objected and found ways around the, the police blockades. Yeah, I don't know. You need you need cooperation from everybody in order to make it work. Thank God, nothing. I mean, thank God, no tragedy. Thank God that uh, uh, nothing that um, um, nothing happened like what happened last year. And uh, I, I thought the lesson of of losing all those people in the tragedy would make people um, deal with things uh, in a much more responsible manner. But again, thank God, everything was relatively okay in the end. Um, what do we know about the, uh, 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 if there is an investigation um, regarding the Al Jazeera journalist, do we have any further um, uh, any further knowledge about what happened in that case? Because Israel, of course, is being, being blamed by the world. And in addition to that, uh, there was a report that Israeli police attacked mourners at the funeral. Uh, and I don't know if that's, you know, again, evidence from a cell phone video that's uh, misunderstood or not. What do we know about those two things? So for the for, for the uh, actual investigation, as long as Palestinians won't share the bullets and won't cooperate with Israel, mm. it's hard to draw any final conclusions. There were reports that the Israeli army was pursuing the theory that it did come from an Israeli uh, a soldier responding to fire. Uh, it is a war zone. Uh, you know, there were 2,100-plus journalists killed in recent years in uh, all the different countries, including 21 Al Jazeera uh, journalists, and nobody can name one name or, or tell the circumstances. Uh, in some cases, in many cases, journalists get assassinated. That's not the case here. This was a hot-fire situation and not a deliberate targeting of uh, of a journalist or this journalist. Uh, and I think the the glorification and the, is, is so exaggerated because it involves Israel. It's a tragedy when uh, journalists get killed and people should work to protect the freedom of the press because we want to get the news out. But um, I, I think the... the um, the way that this is being portrayed and the, the way that the uh, world leaders jumping on it, you, I, why are they not doing it? They should do it when every a, a journalist or, or innocent people get killed or, or hurt. But in those cases where it's deliberate, and here everyone knows this was not a deliberate targeting, and what happened at the funeral was the, the body, there was an arrangement made both with the church and with the, with the family about how it would be handled, and the people violated it violated the understanding, violated the agreement. And the, the people, the, they grabbed the body and they were moving it away from the family and nobody knew where they were going to take it, if they were going to take it to the church for the service or not. So the police interceded. Now, if did they do it the right way? Did they Should they have let them just take it and do what they want and let the, the PA forces deal with it? Uh, is something I'm sure that will, will be examined, but the idea that they that they beat up people wantonly was is just patently false. They were trying to control uh, a crowd that was being taken over by violent elements, and as you know, it, it's a minority that get involved as 
people and the, uh, the violence in the Harabayat involved a couple hundred people out of tens of thousands who came there. And yet the media's portrayal of all of this is is really just so evident of the uh, further evidence of the bias and the slam Israel mentality that exists today. And government and officials just, and government officials yeah. double down on it because they see the media has a certain attitude and all they want to do with every topic these days. The United like, Nations they have so many crises in the world. Why, where are they condemning everything going on in Ukraine and everywhere else? But this is something that occupies them in, in, in you know in the way it did. I understand that people are concerned about freedom of, of journalists. There's a, an association of it. It happens to be ha- uh, headed by a Muslim guy here in, in Washington, and the media put him on as a spokesman, as a neutral spokesman. He's not neutral uh, in his comments, certainly. And the um, and and if this was universally applied to the to the danger posed to journalists, then I think we we, we could be much clearer. You don't see that kind of concern being manifest for the hundreds, 150 or 40 that were killed in Iraq or Syria. Dozens. You don't see that kind of concern being expressed. Yeah, that's for sure. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He and I remind everybody that this coming Sunday there's a parade, a Celebrate Israel parade fifth avenue new york city make sure to be there make sure to bring uh make sure to bring bottled water with you because uh, it's going to be a very hot day but uh, a day to celebrate israel and uh, if you miss any of the parade or if you're out of town check out our coverage it's going to be uh, starting at 11 30 a.m eastern time audio at nahum siegel uh, app and of course video live stream at nahum siegel.com brought to you by the rothenberg law firm at injury Come so make sure to check that out. Uh, what do you um, a week later? What do you think of the Ukrainian position against Russia now that a major city has fallen to the Russians? Look, it was inevitable. I think by most people's uh, uh, military estimates that the city would eventually fall. Um, but the um, you know they take back some villages. The Ukrainian forces have been able to resist and take back some forces at some. Um, uh, villages and and some territory, it'll be uh, uh, you know tug of war continuing. There are other cities. Uh, Donbass, they tell us, is is destroyed. They the um, they started attacking Odessa and other forces. Look, Russia has a lot of capacity there. Uh, the fact that they resisted for so long and were able to take sub- such a heavy toll on Russian forces and Russia's equipment. Is uh, is really a very noteworthy, something that um, I'm sure is embarrassing to to the Russians. You saw that they got rid of some of their top military, well, not the top military, and uh, you know, constantly reassess. And we don't know what reality is really being portrayed to the Russian people and to to uh, Putin himself. He's dependent upon what information he's given. Now it's a little hard to hide it as the information gets out and the, you know, body bags and, the, you know, bodies are exhumed by the Ukrainians and their pictures are being sent to their families uh, or information to their families saying that, that the, their loved ones were killed, which they were not notified of by the Russian government. Wow. And this is a very heavy toll in, in, in Russia, the, the idea of, um, you know, the body bags issue. And, um, and 
So this is, we have to watch the internal reaction uh, as well. In the meantime, Russia moves ahead on other fronts in their dealings with Iran. They just set up a joint center at St. Petersburg University, Polytech University, for on nuclear issues. And uh, they are obviously very focused on Finland and Sweden coming into the into NATO. What's delayed that, by the way? What's delayed their NATO membership or it just takes time? No, it ta- first of all, it takes time, has, but it has to be done within the year. Uh-huh. And the... Um, uh, the, you know, the Finns and the Swedes' decision to move ahead in the face of the Russian threats. Russia moved nuclear-capable missiles, supposedly, nearer to the border with Finland. Uh, I, I, I don't think they will attack. I don't think they have the capacity now to fight a multi-front war or a conflict, uh, nor would they, because NATO obviously would have to get involved here directly, much more so than, let's say, in the Ukraine beyond supplying weapons, but this would be a direct confrontation. Uh, so Russia, you know, continues to, to try to play the role in multiple things. You see some of the leaders, but very limited, who are coming to Russia, the Belarusian leader, because it's their closest ally. Um, but Russia is increasingly uh, isolated. The economic pressures on it are great, but they seem to be able to sustain. You know, they, ha- they have their own energy and they produce food. Uh, the problem is that they're not exporting, which the, Russia and, U- and the Ukraine were the breadbasket of Europe and for much of the world. Uh, countries like Lebanon, Egypt, all got the 70, 80% of their wheat from Ukraine or, or Russia. Uh, and so the the um, internal situation, uh, you, you see the immigration, you see people leaving, including Russian Jews leaving for uh, for Israel. Why don't we, is it just because the media doesn't report it, why don't we hear more about the what must be terrible shortages in the in the countries that you just mentioned? I mean, it's got to be destroying the economy of so many countries if they're so dependent on Russia uh, for supplies and resources and they're not available now. No, we do see the warnings about a global food shortage uh, looming and that, uh, you know, for, for many of the countries have already received shipments uh, and there are some shipments continuing. Uh, they look to other uh, sources, but but there's no one that can make up for what uh, the absence of both Ukraine and, and Russia uh, from the supplying uh, of uh, wheat and other products um, to make it up. And, and there are shortages now in Europe and in other places, and we will see them here too. Uh, this is going to be an escalating issue if uh, if the war doesn't come to a conclusion and they're able to resume uh, export. Uh, what can you tell us about the Hezbollah losses in the Lebanese elections? First of all, I didn't even realize that there were democratic elections in Lebanon. If we call it democratic, you could describe it to us. But what can you tell us about the latest developments there? Well, the election results um, are uh, were a defeat for Hezbollah in right. a sense. Uh, they didn't. They lost. Uh, a number of seats. Actually, the coalition that they're part of lost uh, seats, but no one else emerges as a as a real challenge still to Hezbollah. They are the dominant power in, in Lebanon. The um, the question about Aoun uh, came in as the second Christian party, second uh, in size. Uh, there are shifts, and it is a reflection of where um, people are at. But the the results are 
not conclusive in terms of what the next government will be. You know, the the, the Constitution mandates who's, uh, that Christians occupy certain positions, president, the speaker, the parliament. Uh, the parliament has very limited power in the face of of uh, of the you know the terror that that Hezbollah imposes on the people and on the uh, and their control certainly in the military sense of uh, of the force the Lebanese as opposed to the Lebanese free forces and there are still people here who believe that we should be supporting the Lebanese free forces because somehow that being offset which has not proven to be the case uh, does it affect Israel's relationship with Lebanon? These latest well, there isn't much of a relationship. There. Their only interaction right now is uh, about the maritime borders, where the the division of the sea base and you know it sort of overlaps. And there's it's supposedly energy rich there. So the Hezbollah has increased their demands. There are, is international mediation. Uh, there was international mediation going on. Right now, I don't think anything uh, is moving ahead there. What can you tell us about the brand new Prime Minister of France? Well, the brand new Prime Minister of France is uh, somebody whose father her, her father was a Holocaust survivor. She's a socialist. Um, I would say left of center. We'll have to see what the what policy differences. But it's obviously Macron is the is the key player and the policy determiner. So we'll, we'll see whether there's a continuity. He has pledged all sorts of reforms in uh, dealing with the violence in the country, dealing with, hopefully with anti-Semitism, which is, you know, is very strong in, in, in uh, France, as it is everywhere else. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see. On that topic, by the way, I, uh, I was curious. I, I know that, you know, it's on this side of the world, this... Uh, uh, one of ma- one of many mass shootings that have taken place recently, but the one in Buffalo specifically. I was curious what your reaction was when you heard that Al Sharpton was calling for a summit on hate crimes that included uh, members of the Black, Jewish, and Asian leadership that should be in Washington, etc. N- not, not that I, I'm not asking you to bash him, <laughs> although if you want to, feel free. But I, I just the irony that he is out there in this leadership position trying to arrange for a summit about the uh, victims of hate crimes when I, I think many would argue that uh, he's responsible for a lot of the rhetoric that uh, that incites people, frankly. He has in the past certainly been involved in the incitement and still never clearly rectified or apologized for some of his past actions. But lately he's been more responsible and uh, I don't know if that's the right word to use in regard to him. But, but you know, I I also believe that I wanted to convene a national leadership conference to deal with Jew hatred um, and waiting because of COVID, we had put it off. So I think a summit of uh, of leaders of the United States, not convened by him, but should be convened by the United States government or by you know recognized leaders to really say that we're going to put a stop to this in some way. We can't eradicate it, but the fact that the that in so many places, in schools, in in universities. In, in influential institutions and individuals engage in in rhetoric and in incitement that has to be intolerable. It has to be proven to be intolerable. We have to see governments crack down, that the revolving door justice ends. I want to hear him come out and say 
that the kind of reforms that were instituted um, have to be addressed and, and that you can't have people walk into the court and an hour later out in the streets doing it again. That's the kind of stuff that we really need to, to see in a national movement. I think that this crosses all lines. I do believe members of black and Hispanic and every other minority community who are targeted by this are fed up and, and it, you know, they want to see the violence in. And it, you know, everybody cites the fact that it's a minority and a small number that engage in, in the violence. But when you have record numbers of deaths all over the country every weekend and every week now, this is, this is an intolerable situation. And so uh, I think the, I would like to see Congress move in the state legislatures and others to put in rational policies, but to start holding people to account, those who incite, those who use the Internet to do it, those who provide the weapons, those who facilitate it, and if there are foreign funds or, or other influences that are uh, involved, that they have to be exposed and addressed and, if necessary, legislated against. I was, I was hesitating to ask you the question. Now I'm glad I did, frankly. Uh, finally, and I ask you this every single week, uh, seven days later, anything we should know about what's happening with Iran? Any progress, if one if one wants to refer to it that way, uh, in terms of uh, the United States and its negotiations in regard to a new deal? Well, there are huge developments in this last week, and it's, it's very appropriate to, to, for us to keep this issue in, on the front lines mm -hmm. because people are not paying attention. You look, the media hardly covers the situation in Iran. You know that a million toman the currency in in um, Iran is worth twenty three dollars and sixty cents now. Oh my gosh! The, the economy is in full collapse. You see the incitement continue uh, by Shiite leaders against Sunni, against the Takfiris, against uh, other groups which are naming. And most of all, we see the the um, and by the way, attacking against British Shiites, U.S. Sunnis. Uh, by name, I mean identifying uh, these these uh, different groups, and, uh, and, and interestingly, they they made acknowledgments in describing the current situation, talking about the budget budget deficit of five hundred trillion toman, that seven hundred people a day died during COVID, that um, talking about the internal tensions uh, because it's it's too too obvious. But the um, big story is the demonstrations. In 19 of the 31 provinces in Iran, we had demonstrations, and some of them very large, uh, about price of uh, food and goods and the absence of food, the, the water shortages. Uh, the, um, do they arrest uh, people randomly when these demonstrations take place? They do arrest people. Five were killed, by the way. Oh, gosh. Uh, again, you don't see the world rising up and talking of... Uh, um, you know about about this violence and the excesses and the Basiji going into the streets. They beat up people viciously, uh, and many of them don't go to hospital because then they get arrested. and And the internal situation seems to be uh, escalating as the shortages um, are more and more widespread. And the government raised the price on certain foodstuffs and things, and that automatically is the basis for uh, a strong reaction. They, the government is worried because if, if the minorities, like the Azeris and the Baluchis and others, who make up more than 50% of the population, start uh, rising up, and we saw it at a football game 
uh, tended by a Zeri population. And you hear openly in some of these demonstrations that death to Khomeini, again, this is, uh, you know, this is not to be taken lightly. As I said, if, if, if we remove the sanctions, what we're doing is propping up the government. This is a time when more sanctions are necessary. We have to show them that the, the, uh, that they will be held to account, that the people responsible for the killing should be identified and know that they will face charges afterwards. And at the same time, the talks in Vienna are, are stalemated. They, they supposedly wanted to come back with another proposal, but they're still demanding that the IRGC be removed from the foreign terrorist organization list, which it won't do. The British, the Europeans were there negotiating. Uh, Bora, uh, you know, and we believe that he proposed that, you know, they would remove maybe the Iran Revolutionary Guard, but leave the Al-Quds forces on, etc. Iran doesn't feel the pressure as much right now, the Iranian government, because of the price of oil being so high, their exports, most of it illegal and most of it to China, uh, still is bringing in a multiple of the amounts of money that they got in past years. So they sort of feel that they have a cushion and and, up to, and, uh, and time. Uh, but if the talks collapse completely, I think then we're going to face a different circumstance. Wow, unbelievable. All right, hope to see you Sunday at the parade. Hopefully people will uh, join us and uh, celebrate Israel because, Ma- uh, Malcolm, as you always remind us, uh, times of tragedy and difficult times, uh, it seems that uh, people uh, uh, make make sure to have their voices heard, but we should do so in uh, in a positive manner as well when, we, when it comes to celebrating and Israel. And the world will be watching. People will be watching to see. Is there ammunition to support? You see all of these stories, and I believe that they're not uh, founded in reality of a diminution of support. Now's the time to go out and show it. And it's not a political party. It's nothing. It's the state of Israel. It's our connection to, to Israel. I really wonder about that, the diminution of support. But you're right. Now's not the time to discuss that. Now's the time to increase the crowds and celebrate. Uh, thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again Good next Shabbos. week. Friday morning broadcast, JM and the AM. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays for the weekly update here on the JM and the AM. Um, and I remind you that, um, we'll be broadcasting from the parade and, um, that'll happen courtesy of our friends at the Rothenberg law firm, injurylawyer.com this coming Sunday, starting at 1130 audio on the app at uh, the NSN app. And of course, video live stream on the, on the site at nachomsegel.com, which you can watch honestly from anywhere around the world this time each every friday every era of shabbos with great pleasure we present rabbi benjamin Uden, spiritual leader emeritus congregation shomri torah in fairlawn new jersey to address the entire listening audience concerning the torah portion of the week good morning rabbi Uden. good morning Nachum. good morning shabbos everybody tomorrow we have the privilege of reading parshas bahar parshas bahar is one of the shorter parshios of the torah it contains but 57 psukim. However, within the 57 psukim, it is jam-packed. It has, according to the Chinuch, 17 positive, as well as 17 restrictions, a total of 34 mitzvos in these 57 psukim. And, as we are all very familiar, the parsha begins with the mitzvos of Shemitah and Yovel, the sabbatical year, the uh, year that the, every seventh year the Jew is farmer in the land of Israel is not to work the land 
leading up to seven sevens to the 50th year, which is the Yovel year, the Jubilee year. We look forward to that 50th year, the Jubilee year. The Torah says there is to be the blowing of the shofar on that Yom Kippur. Today, we blow the shofar after Yom Kippur, and one of the reasons that we so do is to remind us that, please God, soon, soon, when we have the uh, third base of Migdash, and even possibly before, if we have, and when we have, we're getting close to a majority of the Jewish people on the land of Israel, all these things will be, Baruch Hashem, these very significant, Halachic questions as to what is required, whether we require the tribes to know which is their part of the land. All this remains to be decided for us, but the bottom line is we are getting closer and closer to having more than 50% of the Jewish people on the land of Israel. So right now, most authorities concur that the laws of Shemitah is only rabbinic because we don't have Rov Yoshvela. Interestingly, the verse which is found on the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia, which comes from this week's parsha, chapter 25, and it's Pasuk 10, you shall proclaim liberty throughout the land, L'chol Yoshvela, for all its inhabitants, Gemara teaches us, based upon those two words, that I need a majority of the Jewish people on the land. The opening mitzvos of Shemitah and Yovel clearly are there to teach us the basics of our belief. If anybody were to ask you, how do you know that the Torah was not written by man? Moshe was a brilliant man, maybe Moshe. And the answer is impossible. No man, no government could ever say to the people, take the year off, I'll provide, I'll make sure. As HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, after you've worked the land for six years, which is something that is most unusual in its own right, and you'd imagine that the sixth year would barely eke out something here, because you're not planting and working in the seventh year, the sixth year has to produce enough for that year, for the seventh year, until part of the eighth. Amazing that this is Hashem's way of showing, demonstrating, proving, as we find in the parasha, that the land is God's. And the Shemitah as well, according to the Chinuch, teaches man the beautiful trait of generosity because every seventh year that no trespassing sign comes down, anybody, everybody can come into your field and take the fruit, produce from your field. Okay, interestingly, before I get started with the idea that excites me from the parsha is that woven into the laws of Shemitah and Yovel, which clearly are man to God, you have the uh, laws of commerce. 
how a Jew is to deal honestly in business. Onoas dvarim, onoas mamon. You're not to overcharge. You're not to take advantage of somebody. You're not to uh, remind a person of their humble beginnings. Somebody who's about shuva, somebody who is a convert. You're not to remind them and embarrass them publicly. That these laws are interwoven together with Shemitah, reminding us that when we say that the land is God's, not only does it mean that you can't sell it in perpetuity because you're not the real owner of the land, but rather all of our life is governed by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and as a result, all of our life becomes uplifted as we observe Torah in every area of life. I'd like to share with you this morning a fascinating Abar Benel who learns that the institution of Yovel is really the Torah's providing us with retirement advice. Namely, he says, as we know from the verse in Tehillim, the lifespan of man is 70 years. Halavite today, we are living longer. Now, he says as follows, in yesteryear, when you were 10 already, you were being trained to work with and as an apprentice. And so you worked for 50 years. And then what? The Torah says, V'kidashten es shnas hamishim shana. Literally, you shall sanctify the 50th year. That after putting in your time and effort for 50 years of working, you are then to focus on v'kidashtem, on sanctifying the rest of your life. Not that your life has not been sanctified until now, but it is to be a Shabbos. What does that mean? It is to be that just as Shabbos, the primary purpose of Shabbos is to spend in spiritual matters the study of Torah, so too, after 50 years, a person is to, what he calls, prepare your tzedah ladera. Prepare your necessary, quote, food and other preparations necessary for your derech, for your trip that awaits each and every person. Now, interestingly, the Klayokar has a very sharp uh, diuk, a very sharp point that he has on verse 23 in chapter 25. When he speaks about the land not being sold in perpetuity, Kilio Oretz, the Torah, the Pesach then concludes, Ki keirim, strangers, v'toshavim, literally, and settlers, okay, all right, so, uh, residents, which one is it? Are we strangers? Are we sojourners? Or are we residents? Atem imodi, you are with me, says the Klayakar.
you are Geirim in this world. In this world we are to realize and feel that we are temporary. You are Toshavim. You are permanent Atemimodi for the next world. The purpose of Yovel is to speak to each and every individual and say, 50 years after that, join a Kolel. What does that mean? It means prepare yourself for more spirituality as to what's going to come and going to be the focus of your life, not only in the afterworld, but in this world. And so, not only are we, and the best way to prepare for the kolel when you retire, is clearly to join the kolel now. Meaning, get a chavrusa, go to a shir now. If you can't, obviously take off a morning or an afternoon to study Torah. Put some Torah study in your life each and every day so that when you will be studying in the future, it will come a lot easier for you. But whether you have or whether you have not taken that path until now, listen to what the Shulchan Aruch says. Following the laws of prayer and the laws of the Beis HaKnesses, the Shulchan Aruch says in Simon 155, Lelech mi Beis HaKnesses le Beis HaMedrash. What should be a person's routine in the morning? They go to shul, and after that, they go to the base medrash to do some learning. And the Ramah writes that even if a person is not yet learned, he should still go to the base medrash. Just being there is going to help him focus and let him learn a little bit and be connaisbly bow and as a result of that daily visit to and before you go to work it's going to be an injection for him of Yiras Shemayim literally fear of heaven putting things in the right perspective and the Shulchan Aruch writes that a person should be Koveya Ace low mode. He should have a set time every day. I devote my morning to the study of Torah. Now listen to the bear halacha in chapter 155. He says so powerfully that true, a person can study Torah by themselves, but it does not compare to the mitzvah of studying Torah, what he calls bechabura, with a group that that's certainly on a much higher level. As the rabbis have taught, based upon the verse, Berov Am Hadras Melech, the more that are involved in the performance of a mitzvah, the more glory and honor it is for the king. And he says that it is clearly understood that when one studies with a group, it's going to assist them not only challenge them with other people's opinions, but it's going to give them that additional stamina to be able to do this. And this is 
going to be a bit of a challenge, but guess what? You can do it. And this is what the mindset of the Jews should be. This is what they are looking forward to. Let's understand that this is eternal. And just as the Jewish people are eternal, we know honoring Reb Shimon Bar Yochai, whose yardsight was yesterday, Lagba Omer, we're taught in Zohar, Kuchabricho, God, Oraisa, his Torah, and the Jewish people, Ochad. God is eternal. One of the 13 principles of our faith is that our Torah is eternal. Laws of the Torah don't change. And the Jewish people are eternal. Our connection to the Torah is what gives meaning to our lives now. A person has to work, no problem. But if on his mind he knows that an hour at night he has a chavrusa, an hour at night he goes to a shir, an hour at night he's involved in Talmud Torah, his working during the day is uplifted. Now listen carefully everybody. My Rebbe Ravaran Kreiser was so excited when he told this to me. And that is, think about it. We had it first. In the academic world, a full professor is given a year sabbatical every number of years for the purpose of furthering his academic studies. Just think, the Torah in this week's Parsha is granting every Jewish farmer a sabbatical for the purpose of studying Torah. Every Jewish farmer. What does that show? Torah is not for any elite group. Torah is for everyone. What a beautiful message the Abarbanel is teaching us. And that is that we should start preparing for our retirement now. Realize Adam the Omel Yulad. Correct. Man was put into this world to work. We work now and we incorporate some study of Torah in our day now. But we're looking forward for that day when we're going to retire. And you know what I'm going to do in the morning? That's right. I'm going to join a kolel. Wow. What a beautiful way to end your retirement. Yes, even golf once in a while is good for chivot satsamos. But truly, the Torah is teaching that beautiful expression. Torah is the best desire. Shabbat Shalom to all. Shabbat
a.m. in the a.m. Friday morning era of Shabbos on day 34 in the counting of the Omer, four weeks and six days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Shavuos, believe it or not, two weeks from tomorrow night. <laughs> wow. That is hard to believe. Three-day untiv outside of Israel. I know. Not everyone likes that term, three-day untiv, but Shabbos plus two days <laughs> coming up outside of Israel uh, two weeks from now. Erev Shabbos Parshas Bahar, not in Israel, but in the diaspora. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Bahar with candlelighting at 7.51 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. That was Schlockrock, a Shabbat in Liverpool with Menucha Simcha here at JM in the AM. Um, yeah. Uh, 56 degrees, clouds, rain, a high of 75. It looks like a hot day for parade day. It looks like temperatures both tomorrow and Sunday in the 90s in this area. That is hard to believe with the type of weather we've been having recently. Uh, but that's the story. Yeah, expect very, very hot weather. Nonetheless, come on out to the parade and join us as we celebrate Israel this coming Sunday in New York City. Um... We'll be uh, on the parade route. You could hear everything on our app at Nahum Siegel Network. You could hear everything and see everything on the website at NahumSiegel.com. All brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. And I thank the Rothenbergs. We'll have a full team, by the way, Nahum Siegel, Miriam L. Wallach, and Mark Zamek together uh, bringing you parade coverage with um, amazing support from uh, people like uh, ZK, of course, and Yoni, and Rochelle, and everybody who's going to be part of our team on Sunday. So tune in and uh, get ready to enjoy what I hope and no doubt will be a great parade show. We are dusting things off (laughs) after not having been on Fifth Avenue in three years. We're dusting everything off. Um, And... um, I'm looking forward to bringing that to you. Full schedule this morning here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Don't forget that right after uh, JMNAM concludes, we have table for two with Naomi Nachman. Today, Naomi is going to be speaking with uh, Innis Chattis, culinary director for UN Plaza Grill, Jeremy Goldfeder from JM Food Event Design, and Gabe Geller from Kedem Royal Wine. That's happening at 9 o'clock with a brand new show with uh, Naomi Nachman, Table for Two. Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That happens at 10 a.m. Erev Shabbos music mix all day long until candlelighting time. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami tomorrow night and Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler. JM, in the, uh, or rather JM Sunday with Matis happens at 7 a.m. Eastern Time Sunday live with Matis. At 8.15 Sunday morning, Matis will speak with Ambassador Danny Dion. Ambassador Danny Danone about his brand new book <laughs> that's happening this coming uh, that's happening this coming uh, Sunday and then the parade you'll hear it uh, on our app and of course on our website uh, this coming Sunday parade show officially begins 1130 I'm thinking we may just uh, get on the air drop earlier than that we'll see we shall see uh, we'll figure it out, right? Um, Mordechai Shapiro, brand new, JM in the AM. Hey, 
It is a love It is a Benny Friedman played it earlier. Figured we'd get it on one more time this week. Uh, there it is, Yama. Uh, Benny Friedman, brand new at uh, JM in the AM. Before that one, you heard Mordechai Shapiro, brand new. Asha Schiel, off of his new album. He'll join us on the air in the next few days. 
Talk about the brand new uh, offering. Lots of great material on it. Friday morning broadcast, Erev Shabbos, JM and the AM. In the diaspora, we read Parsha's Bahar this week. We are one partial off from Israel for a while, as you know. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Grilling season is getting closer and closer. That's right. Memorial Day weekend is next weekend. Make sure you have the A&H hot dogs of all varieties in your freezer and refrigerator that you're prepared for grilling season. Our friends at A&H have a website, kosherdogs.net. Again, kosherdogs.net. Take a 10% discount with promo code radio every time you go to that website. And enjoy A&H today. Oh, we'll be having some A&H pre-Shabbos. I was told that the pre-Shabbos treat this week is going to be a, a massive a Hasselback salami from A&H. So, I'm a man of my word. <laughs> I talk about how great the product is, and I'm more than willing to uh, enjoy my Arab Shabbos with that product. Uh, save the date, everybody. Wednesday, June the 1st, we'll be able to celebrate Yerushalayim outside of Yerushalayim at the American Friends of Aterat Kaunim Jerusalem High Dinner, celebrating the uh, residents of uh, Yemenite village, Kidmat Zion, Malaya Zetin, the old city of Jerusalem. Honorees include Dr. Gene and Paulina Berkovich, Josh Nass, Michal Harris, um, Ms. Uh, Amelie Hesching. They'll also honor the memory of Mel and Mildred Wadler, among the beloved founders of the American Friends of Atterrit Kohanim. Get your reservations in now. It's June 1st, Terrace in the Park. Um, best way to get uh, your reservations in, atterritkohanim.org slash dinner. atterritkohanim.org slash dinner. atterritkohanim.org slash dinner. Also, a reminder that this coming Tuesday... Uh, the um, United Hatzalah of Israel has their event, their big gala happening at the Pier 60, Chelsea Piers in New York City, this coming Tuesday beginning at 5.30 p.m. with honorees Chantal and Al Gindi, Kathy and Alan Weiss. Go to IsraelRescue.org, IsraelRescue.org. That's where you'll find all the information you need regarding the uh, dinner, the gala. Again, that's IsraelRescue.org. And um, Tuesday night, that's happening in Pier 60 in New York City. Um, chance to support the international, what's now international work of United Hatzalah. Yeah, international is right. JM in the AM with candlelighting in New York at 751. Uh, don't forget the parade is Sunday. Join us on Fifth Avenue, please. And a big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com for sponsoring our parade broadcast this coming Sunday. Time to say good job. It's Journeys, JM in the AM. Will be burned. 
Sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AlchemySingle.com and the AlchemySingle Network. And of course, any beloved NSN app. up another great show another amazing week here at the jm and the am thank you so much for tuning in everybody naomi nachman brand new with a great brand new edition of the table for two coming up next erev shabbos show with mark zamek brought to you by the wonderful people at kedem at 10 a.m erev shabbos music mix all day long brought to you by the wonderful people at kedem of rummy saturday night siegel with rabbi eliezer's wickler tomorrow night at nine Matis JM Sunday this coming Sunday. Ambassador Danny Danone is his guest at 8.15 Sunday morning. We have parade coverage. Thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. Join me and Miriam L. Wallach and Mark Zamek for parade coverage this coming Sunday beginning at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend, everybody. Until next week, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.